0: Well, praise the Lord, saints of God. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing the Word of God to you. Praise God. Bringing out some truths about uh, the book of Acts. Praise God. Uh, uh, Some powerful principles that will help us in everyday living. Praise the Lord. Today we're going to go into chapter 3 of the book of Acts and dive into this. So we're going down to verse 1, please. It says, Now Peter and John went up up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask of alms uh, from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him, talking about Peter here, With John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them uh, his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Praise God. So he, he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Obviously, a massive miracle right there. I mean, being able to walk right away. Walking, leaping, and here we go, praising God. For all the people saw him walking and praising God. Amen. And all the people saw him. Praise God. And they knew, verse 10, they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful uh, gate of the temple... And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now, verse 11. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, uh, greatly amazed. And so when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though by our own power or godliness... We have made this man walk. And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, now here we go now, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was uh, determined to let him go, uh, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. "...and killed the prince of life whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren..." So he's talking to these people here. "...I know that you did it in ignorance, as did also your rulers, but none uh, but but those things which god foretold by the mouth of all his uh, of, by all his prophets and the christ that pardon me, that the christ would suffer he has thus fulfilled repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the lord praise god from the presence of the lord times of refreshing Now, the word here, uh, uh, refreshing, just refers to a reviving, um, revival, um, speaks of uh, recovery, speaks of a recovery of breath, which is going to be a key thing that's going to come up here today. Today, I'm going to talk about the presence of God and the need for the presence of God in our life. Amen. Now, if you go back into this text, you're going to see that it talks about, in verse 13, the presence of Pilate. It talks about, in verse 16, the presence of all those whom he's talking to. All right, and then in verse 19 talks about the presence of the Lord. Now, all of them referring to being in the face of or uh, in the countenance of. It means um, the face or countenance of, the forefront, a form or person or appearance of. All right. All right. Now, the thing I want to make known, the reason I mentioned that there's three different places this is mentioned is because you're going to find out that, you know, it's, it's we're talking about presence, okay, being in the presence of somebody. All right. Being in the presence of Pilate, what we found out here, we see nothing but rejection, okay? We see confusion. We see uh, stress and anxiety because of all the turmoil that was going on there. We see in verse 16, the presence of you all, and then it goes on talking about how they did things out of ignorance. So we see people here that that have no answers, all right? We see uh, really striving, okay? There's a lot of striving. Now, the point I'm trying to make, okay, is that it talks about here, you know, uh, 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 religious leaders, it talks about the presence of of governmental leaders, okay, or worldly leaders, we could say. And you're finding out that you may not get all your answers. You may not get all your answers in, from worldly leaders. You may not get all your answers even from religious leaders. Now, I know there's a lot of good, good gospel people out there that got good answers. Amen. But not everybody thinks the same way. And I think we all know that. I think none of us here are ignorant of that. But the point being is it mentions the presence of Pilate, the presence of all the people there, and also the presence of the Lord. Now, in the presence of the Lord, there is no stress. There is no anxiety. There is no confusion. Are you hearing me today? Uh, There there is no striving or turmoil, praise God. Amen. And if we're going to live the life that we're called to live in God, we're going to have to hang out in the presence of the Lord to get our answers, to get our direction. To get, praise God, what I like to say is a stress-free life. Amen. If you want to live without stress, amen, then you need to be in the presence of the Lord. So today I'm going to talk about the presence of the Lord. I'm going to come back to this text here in a minute. But right now we're going to go to the book of Genesis. We'll start at the very beginning here and talk about this. So the book of Genesis, please, in chapter 3, Genesis 3. And uh, what we got going on here, um, I'm definitely not going to be able to read all of this, but this is really after already the the fall of man. Uh, They've already uh, uh, ate of the tree, and basically um, we got issues already happening, all right? But verse 8 is where we're going to kind of dive into this. And it just says this, "...and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day." And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, obviously, this was something that happened every day, okay? But all of a sudden, today's different, right? Everything's different today, all right? But this is something that happened every day, all right? They heard the sound of the Lord. Let's do a little bit of defining here, and hopefully this will bless you today, um, give you some insight about the importance of the presence of God in our life and what does that actually mean, amen, as a child of God. But it says, they heard the sound, that which that word there, a lot of times even your cross references are going to say voice, okay, because that's exactly what it is. It's the voice. It'll say stuff like the wind or uh, breeze uh, or breath, okay, which breath is a key word here, okay, the breath. And they, and they heard the voice or the breath, amen, hallelujah, of the Lord, amen. They heard, in other words, God came to communicate with them. All right? That's exactly what it's talking about. Now, God designed uh, this from the get-go. Amen? We see uh, back in chapter uh, 2 of Genesis and verse 7, we see we're in the very beginning where God breathed life into Adam. Amen? From the very get-go, the breath of life is meant to be breathed into you on a day-to-day basis. Life is better. We live stress-free when we're letting God breathe into us every day single day, praise God. Amen. This is why the presence of God is so critical and so important, praise God. Amen. And they heard the sound, this is verse 8 again, they heard the sound of the Lord, here we go, walking in the garden, okay, walking in the garden. Now this word walking uh, is a word, is actually the, the Hebrew word is uh, halak, okay, which just means to be conversant with all right, to keep company with. In fact, uh, all your patriarchs of faith, in fact, if you go back through a lot of your patriarchs of faith, you're going to find a reference in, in, in a lot of them that says that they walked with God. This is that same word, okay? And this is what God is looking for with you and me, to be conversant with, all right? What else does it mean? To keep company with, amen? This is what it's all about, praise God. When you draw near to God, guess what? He draws near to you, praise God, God wants you to walk with Him. Amen. The patriarchs of faith, as I said, I mean, people like Enoch and Noah and Abraham, David, Moses, Joshua, Caleb, these are all, we have references on all of them where the Word says they walked with God. They were conversant with God. Many of these uh, patriarchs of faith also refer to God as the living God. I'm just going to kind of toss that in there because to me it's pretty critical Because the ones that have, that are conversant with God, that walk with God, that spend time in the presence of God, are more apt to see Him as the living God. In other words, one that's present. Okay? This is so key for you and me as a child of God, no matter where you're at in your walk, Amen. Whether you're you're somebody that's just walking life, just wanting to serve God, or whether you're somebody in full-time ministry or looking to be in ministry, I don't care what level or where you're at in your walk in God, we all need the presence of God. Amen. Praise God. They heard the sound of the Lord walking, here we go, in the garden, in the cool of the day. Now this word here, cool, is ruach, is the Hebrew word which means, again, wind, or by semblance, the breath of, okay? So in other words, they're walking in the garden, amen, in the the breath, the cool, the breeze of God, the cool, pardon me, the breath of God, amen? This is what it's all about. In the cool of the day, and this word day is referring to a daily thing, okay, not not just a, a momentary thing, once in a life, once in a you know off and on here, but it means on a daily basis. Now the reason I mention those things, because when you bring it out and you define it, what it shows you is this is what God did with him every day, all right? It's just that this day was different because of the fall, because of what they did. all right? But it just goes to show you that God designed it. From the very get-go, from the moment that he breathed life into the body of Adam is how God designed this thing to work. Every day we need to be conversant with God. Every day, amen, to walk and keep company with God. Every day being in the presence of God. Why? So God can breathe into us, praise God. I'm always reminded uh, out of the, the book of Job, One of my heroes, one of the uh, uh, what I refer to as a patriarch of faith uh, that I look forward to meeting when I get to heaven is Elihu. Okay, and a lot of people don't know about Elihu, but Elihu was the younger man that sat back and 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 basically listened in and watched as Job and his three friends conversed. Okay, we have chapter after chapter after chapter where Job. Uh, whining and boo-hooing because of everything that was going on. And don't get me wrong, I'm not making light of what he went through, but he starts, you know, boo uh, boohooing about everything. And then the three friends are sitting there trying to say, well, you must have done this wrong and did that wrong. And maybe God's trying to teach you something and all this kind of stuff that they're saying. And finally, all, all the way back into chap, chapter 32, Elihu basically butts in and says, you know what? I've kind of had it with listening to y'all, okay? And he says, you know, I know I'm younger than you. I know you're all older than me. And because of that, I've been respectful. I've been letting you just kind of talk. But, man, you guys are saying some crazy, stupid things, man. I mean, that's that's Jerry's uh, translation. But the bottom line is, he was bringing it out. He says, you guys are not getting your cues from God here, all right? But he makes some statements about the fact of the, of the Spirit of God within him and, and, and talking about the breath of God. He said that the breath of the Almighty gives me understanding. All right? That's out of Job 32 and verse 8. We also see in the next chapter, because there's several chapters there where Elihu is talking. All right? And remember, Elihu got the pat on the back from God. All right? The other three friends got rebuked. All right? And Job got rebuked. All right? But Elihu got the pat on the back. But in chapter 33, he said this, that by the breath of the Almighty, all right, he gives me life. Or in other words, revives me, All right, empowers me. All right. So he says it gives me understanding. In other words, I'm starting to see things. I can hear things right, see things right clearly. Amen. All this kind of stuff. And he gives me, he revives me and gives me life. Now, this is what Elihu said. All right? Now, the reason I mention that is because that's what the breath of God is all about. That's why we want to spend time with God. So that we're seeing things a little more clearly, that we have a more of an understanding. I mean, we're not moved by everything in the natural realm. We're more moved by how God sees things, how God views things, and being revived just by the presence of God. Now, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but that's one of those key things about the presence of God. All right, let's go back to Genesis 3 again, in verse 8 again. And they heard, here we go, they heard It said, the sound of the Lord or the voice of the Lord, amen, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Now, the word garden there, of course, it's referred to back in chapter 2, you know, verse 8. It talks about, you know, there was a garden that God planted there and it was called Eden, okay, which is kind of key, all right, because here it is, God designed it not only to walk with them and commune with them, but literally it mentions in the garden, okay, and you say, well, that's where they were at, absolutely. But that's how it was designed. Now, the reason I mention that is because Eden, in itself, you know, when you look it up in a concordance, it just says, you know, the Garden of the Lord or the Garden of God or the, you know, the uh, the the dwelling place of Adam and Eve, you know, that kind of thing. But the word in the Hebrew language is it, actually how the Hebrew language works. It takes multiple letters that that brings it together that are lit, literally more like pictures. Okay. Each letter in itself is like, is like a statement. And that's kind of how the Hebrew language works. It's really a powerful thing. Uh, you know, and it's, it's actually pretty impressive when you begin to study into it. But the word Eden is made up of, of letters and, and basically statements that mean a momentary spot where his presence is an open door to heaven. So it talks about a, a momentary place, it talks about presence, it talks about a door being open. And then it talks about heaven. That's what this word Eden is. So the point we're trying to make with that, at least what I'm trying to make with that, is that you can have Eden every day of your life. See, if you will hang out uh, with him, with the Lord in Eden, come on now, then Eden hangs out with you. That's just something to think about, and maybe in some ways that's a whole other sermon. But the point I'm trying to make is, this is the way it was designed, okay? In fact, let me give you a reference here. I'm going to... I think it's out of Isaiah. Let's see if I can find it here. Isaiah 51. Let me go ahead and bring it to you. Isaiah 51 and verse 3. You kind of write this down. You can go back later and study it, but it says, For the Lord will comfort Zion. That's talking about the church as a whole, okay, or type in a shadow of the church. He will comfort all her waste places. In other words, a drought or desolate places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, okay, and her desert, which means literally like a sterile valley, uh, her desert like the Garden of the Lord. So he's making the wilderness like Eden, the desert like the Garden of the Lord, just saying the same thing. And it says, Joy and gladness will be found in it thanksgiving and the voice, here we go, of melody or psalm. It's a word for psalm, okay, in there. So the thanksgiving and a voice of melody. The point I'm trying to make is Eden is still available, all right? But you got to find it in the presence of God. So when you, when you uh, the, I guess what I'm trying to bring out here is God every day is wanting you and me to do just like He designed it, to spend time with Him in His presence, walking, conversing, keeping company with Him, letting Him breathe into you. Amen. Because as you hang out with Him, come on, Eden, amen, is manifested. In fact, when you look at that word Eden, when it refers to a momentary place or spot, it's talking about that secret place. Amen. That starts bringing some bells there, doesn't it? And we start talking about the secret place. You get into Psalms 91, or Jesus talked about the secret place in Matthew 6. Amen. These are things that, that, you know, He talks about in that secret place. Amen. When you are spending time with God in the secret place, it's as like you're tapping, you're stepping into Eden itself. Praise God. And as I mentioned earlier, that the more you hang out with Him in Eden, the more Eden hangs out with you. Praise God. Now, that's just, like I said, that's probably a whole nother sermon, but I'm trying to show you that that's the importance of presence. See, a lot of Christians miss out on the daily presence of the Lord. This is for you and me. Amen. But most Christians, I probably should say, and I don't think that's an exaggeration, okay? Most Christians never take the time to spend time in the presence of God. They may have, uh, devotionals. They may have, uh, these momentary things. They might make their declarations of faith or, or they might have their certain little prayer things they do. Amen. Or they may have my, now I lay me down to sleep prayer or, or bless my food prayers, all this kind of stuff. And then they go on saying that's their prayer life. Or they might, they might hook up with a prayer team here or there, whatever. And there's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm not down on any of it, but I'm just saying a lot of times, we we move forward in our Christian life, our Christian walk, and never, ever really tap presence. And that's where the breath of God is. That's where Eden is. Okay? So this then, would, you know, especially as we get into this today, we find out all the things that, that manifest because of presence. All right? And as a result of it, you'll find out a lot of Christians miss out on that. You know, as I talked about earlier out of Acts 3, in fact... Um, Let's see here. Maybe uh I'll tell you what, we'll get that. We'll get there. Let's let's go back to this again. Um, I'm just kind of getting I'm getting excited, so I'm getting ahead of myself here. And they heard the sound, I'm in verse 8 again. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife, here we go, hid themselves, here we go, from the presence of the Lord, okay, from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. They hid themselves. You notice that that's that's kind of what happens. Okay, a lot of people hide themselves from the presence of God because it's in the presence of the God that you see things, you hear things. It's in the presence of God that He might work on you a little bit. Come on. So a lot of people avoid it for that reason. But it said they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, amen, among the trees of the garden. I thought that was interesting. And I'm just kind of taking some liberty here with you, but I'm just trying to show you that how easy it is for us to miss out on the on the presence of God and why that might be. Well, it says here amongst the trees of the garden. In fact, um, the word talks about, like I said back in chapter two, that he planted the garden and and he put you know trees and everything there. But verse fifteen of chapter two it brings out that he put the man put man there to tend and to keep it. Okay, so they were they were tending it and keeping it or protecting it, amen, preserving it. That's what they were there for. In fact, one of your cross-references might say uh, they're there to help cultivate, make sure everything's doing right and growing right. All right, that's why it was there. But now here you go. It said they were hiding amongst the trees of the garden. I don't think that's just some uh, coincidental thing. I think that's there for a reason because what the trees represent, okay, trees represent uh, business matters things that you have to tend to on a day-to-day basis, okay? It deals with uh, uh, maybe things of jobs, family things, provisions, uh, you know, keeping things running, keeping things going, you're tending to this, tending to that. And, And what happens is we get busy every day tending stuff to the point that we get so busy that we never take the time to get in the presence of God. And some people, all right, now listen, okay? They may, Maybe a lot of them don't do it intentionally, but there are some that maybe do, okay? I hope it's not you, all right? But some people hide themselves from the presence of God. They keep themselves so busy that they don't have to do that, okay? The problem is, okay, I'm just going to tell you this. A lot of the problems that we have tending to the trees and all business matters and family matters and all that kind of stuff, all that would go better if you would spend time in the presence of God, all right? Not hide from the presence of God, but spend time in the presence of God. Because the more time you spend in the presence of God, the easier life gets. Why? Because you're spending time, hallelujah, with Him in Eden, so to speak, right? And letting Him breathe onto you that when you walk away from that, man, some of that gets on you, right? The breath of God, Amen. And like Elihu said, now I have understanding. Now I have life. Amen. I've got vibrancy. Praise God. And praise God. Eden itself is getting on me. Talk about the blessing of the Lord. Amen. So anyway, this is what it's all about. Now, um, Psalms one forty. Let me go ahead and read that. I'm kind of getting excited here, and I'm kind of want to jump ahead here, but I need to kind of take a little time with this. Uh, Psalms one forty. And verse 13 says, surely the righteous shall give thanks uh, to your name. The upright shall dwell in your presence. The upright shall dwell in your presence. That's what we're called to do. Praise God. It's an ongoing thing that didn't go away. Amen. Just because uh, man fell doesn't mean, come on now, that the presence of God is no more. Now, I know for the most part, the folks I'm talking to right now understand that, agree with that. You don't have a problem with that. Amen. But see, I'm just challenging you today because to me, this is one of those keys that we find out in the book of Acts and other places. Praise God. The key and the of the importance of presence in our life. Amen. So with that said, let's go back to Acts 3 again. Back to Acts 3. Praise the Lord. Hope you're getting something today. Hope I'm not boring you today. Praise the Lord. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. But this time, let's go back, um, and we're going to look at um, back to verse 19. We'll just kind of jump back down here. I know I reread the whole story, but the idea was to bring to bring out and kind of lay out the logistics of everything that was said here, Uh, because really we got uh, Peter talking, okay, to a group of people, all right, that basically just saw God manifest himself, okay? And, And you got people that are not getting it or understanding it, and he's trying to bring clarity, all right? But he makes some statements about the presence of God that is pretty powerful, all right? The key to presence, all right? So he says, verse 19 again, repent, therefore, and be converted. Now, remember, he's talking to this group of people that have all these questions about what just happened to this lame man that's no longer lame, all right? Now he's walking and leaping and praising God, amen? And so he says, it's time for you to get a change of thought here. That's really all that means, to think different now. Repent, therefore, and be converted. In other words, let's change some things, all right? Let's get a new perspective here, all right? And he says, uh, verse, uh, later on in the verse here, he says, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshing. So what I'm going to do here, I'm kind of shifting gears a little bit here, and what I'm going to do is bring out really the importance of presence because the Scripture brings out some key things about what, you, what, what manifests in presence. Amen? And it says here times of refreshing. Now, this word times, okay, it's kairos, which, man, I could do a whole sermon just on that itself. Amen. Because it's talking about in there and about an occasion or opportunity. Amen. Or a suddenly moment. All right. A, de- a time, a definite time, a key time in your life. A lot of times when you find that word in Scripture, it, it, it is a, in a sense, it is a defining moment from one season of your life that that taps into another season of your life. And all I'm saying is that you got to get a hold of that because You find kairos moments, these times of refreshing, and we're going to see here in a minute here also times of restoration, these times, these sudden, suddenly moments, praise God. Everybody loves the suddenly verses, right? And suddenly, right? I mean, everybody loves that. Why? Because that's the kairos moments, because it's at those moments your life's different. So all I'm trying to bring out to you in this and with this particular thing is show you that every time you spend time in the presence of God, you have the opportunity for Kairos moments. You have the opportunity where life is now different than it was a few moments ago. The guy that went into that that prayer closet. Amen. And the guy that came out are two different people. Praise God. I can tell you uh, many times in the course of 30 plus years of ministry and, and probably another, whatever, how many years, six years prior to that of just serving God here and there and doing whatever, growing in God, how many times the presence of God brought change in my life. Many of the revelations in my life that went from a logos uh, to a rhema moment, amen, and many of you know about that, amen, a logos to a rhema moment in my in my life concerning the Word of God happened in presence, all right? You got in the presence, all of a sudden, bang, you're seeing things different now. You have a clear understanding of what, you can see things right. The eyes of your understanding enlightened. Why? Because I was in the presence of the Lord. And now I'm, my understanding is, I have now more of a spiritual understanding, what Paul referred to it as in the book of Colossians. Amen. I have a a spirit of revelation and understanding that's manifesting what we find in the book of Ephesians. Amen. What's going on? This is what happens when you spend time in the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So he says, times of refreshing. So, what does that mean? Well, the word refreshing, as I mentioned earlier, it means to revive, a revival, to recover, or a recovery of breath. That was kind of the same thing that Elihu talked about in Job 33, okay? That in his pre- the, the breath of God brings life, gives me life. It revives me, it empowers me. Amen. It gives me, I love that recovery of breath. Why is it a recovery of breath? Well, because, hello, it's His breath. Amen. It's a new breath. Every day, God gives you a recovery of breath when you are letting Him breathe into you. Amen. You think about this. How many Christians live their life without the breath of God? I mean, man, you talk about stressful living. You talk about straining and fatigue and being burnt out and, and, and overcome and confused and, and full of, uh, you know, all kinds of uh, issues and chaos and all that. All that stuff could be eliminated if we would just let God breathe into us. Praise God. This is what it's about. Amen. This is what it's about. Letting God breathe into us. So it, it is times of refreshing. Amen. These, these, these spectacular suddenly moments where God is breathing into you the recovery of breath. Praise God. This is why the presence of God is so key in our life. Praise the Lord. If you go a little bit further on here, he goes uh, down here. Let's go to, um, Verse 20, and that he may send Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things. I love it. Times of restoration of all things. Times, here we go, that that word times of restoration. Amen. That word there is chronos. That word times is the word chronos, but it means, uh, it means literally this season or a period of restoration of all things. Praise God. Amen. A restoration of, here we go, all things. I love that. Now, what's that word restoration mean? Well, it means restitution, a returning or a making good of things, of uh, making things whole, to restore as it should be is what it means. So a lot of words like this, I always kind of like to say a lot of your R words, all right? Renew, redeem, replace, recover, return, repair, revive, resurrect, praise God, recovery. These are all synonyms to this word restoration. So when you start thinking about presence, one of those things, not only the times of refreshing, but we see now times of restoration begin to manifest, amen, on behalf of the children of God. Now you think about what all those, like I said, those are words, amen, How when God gets involved, all of a sudden something's renewed, redeemed, replaced, Recovered, returned, repaired, revived, resurrected, recovered. Amen, I mean recovery. All of those things is what comes out of time spent with God. Now, you think about that as a child of God, and how many people do not spend time there? So you think about all this stuff that could be revived, all these things that could be re-resurrected or something, or renewed, hallelujah, things that could be recovered, amen, things that could be, uh, what was another word, replaced, I love that, amen, or returned or repaired if they would just spend time in the presence of God, amen. Oh, this excites me. Amen. Uh, there just ain't nothing more important to me, really, than time spent with God. Amen. I just, I just can't think of anything else that's more important than that. Amen. Um, especially for a, I mean, somebody that's made Christ the Lord. I mean, a lot of people might say, well, that's the most important thing is receiving Jesus. Well, it is very important. But once you receive Jesus, I mean, for, for the believer, the most important thing is time now spent with the God that saved you. Amen. You want to be, you want to walk in the grace of God. You got to spend out, spend time with Mister Grace. You want the empowerment of God. You got to spend time with Mister Empowerment. You, you want you want the uh, recovery and restoration and, and 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 reviving in your life. Then you're gonna to have to spend time with the one that does that. Amen. So as a believer, and that's who I'm talking to, all right. The most, one of the most important things for your life is time spent in the presence of God. Oh, hallelujah. So we're going to do this now because a lot of times when you start talking about presence, we start thinking about all these other verses that begin to jump up. And at least for me, it does. And so one key verse is out of Psalms, Psalm 16. If you want to turn there, Amen, or at least write it down, you can go back later and, uh, and grab hold of, you know, the, the, the inside of it. Praise God. Or the, or the truths in it. But here we go. This is, uh, Psalm 16 and, uh, verse 11. And it says this: "You will show me the path of life." I love this. This is Psalm sixteen, eleven. You will show me, or pardon me, you will, yeah, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. Now remember the word presence. Okay, I mean it, you know it 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 means in the face up or face to face, all right, or the forefront or being in the in the uh, in in the presence of of, of of the person of, okay? so When we're talking about presence, that's what we're talking about. So in your presence, we know it makes that clear who, who we're talking about is the Lord, right? In your presence is what? Fullness. That, that word speaks of satisfaction. In fact, it's defined as to, to satisfy, satisfied, satisfying. Satisfaction is soba, is, is the Hebrew word, okay? But it means satisfaction, fullness of joy. Simcha is the Hebrew word, which means exceedingly joyful, gladness, glee, something festive, rejoicing, amen. But it refers to something that overrides tension. Now, you think about that in, in the world that we're in today, and you could have leaders, you could have all kinds of stuff. We could be in the presence of everything else, amen, and all you end up with is a bunch of stress, tension, anxiety, are you hearing me today? But yet you could get in the presence of God and tap the fullness of joy. Amen. And it overrides tension. It overrides stress. It overrides. Amen. All of the, uh, you know, the, the straining and the struggle. Praise God. A lot of that mess would go by the wayside if we just spend time in the presence of God. I mean, and I ain't talking about a lot. It's not like you have to. You know, go, you know, spend days, you know, trying to get this. I'm talking about man. just five minutes in the presence of God will change your life forever. Praise God. You have one of those kairos moments and your life is different. Amen. From there on out, just five minutes in the presence of God. Amen. Well, I hope you get more than that. But but I'm just saying just in five minutes in the presence of God, you can get more done, you know, in five minutes with him than you can five years out here without him. I'm telling you, it's amazing what happens, praise God. So it says that in your presence is fullness of joy. Here we go. And at your right hand are, here we go, pleasures forevermore. The word pleasures means pleasant and sweet pleasures. Okay, it's just talking about it's pleasurable. In other words, when you're in the presence of God, it's pleasurable. Amen. I've I've never had a time in the presence of God where it wasn't pleasurable. Even in the times... When the Spirit of God was rebuking me about things, was giving me correction about some things. I mean, when you're in the presence of God, I mean, I'd rather be in the presence of God getting my rebukes or getting my, my corrections. Come on, somebody, than in somebody else's presence. All right. Cause it's usually no fun that way. But in God, praise God, it's amazing how he can, how he can, in a sense, deal with an issue in your life or with an attitude or whatever he's talking to you about. And yet you can just kind of take it in like, Okay, all right? Because I have found, see, that also in the presence of God is grace, right? So what happens is there's the empowerment. So not only is He maybe giving you a word of correction or instruction, but He's gracing you to receive it, gracing you to walk it, gracing you to fulfill it, praise God. This is how it works, praise the Lord. Hey, praise God. So anyway, so at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I always think about verses like... um. Psalms 34 brings out, you know, that taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, I mean, this is what he's talking about. You know, in God, it's pleasurable. Amen. Taste and see that God's good. Amen. The more time you spend with him. You know, I don't, I don't struggle with knowing that God's good all the time. I don't have any struggle with that. I know the devil's bad all the time, God's good all the time. I don't struggle with it. Amen? Because you get you get in the presence of God and you know. You know when there's some things going on, and a lot of times God gets blamed for a lot of things. You know, you know it's so easy to say, "My God didn't do that." Why? Well, because I've been in His presence. My God never do that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't struggle with that. And most Christians that spend time in the presence of God don't struggle with that kind of stuff. One person I hear may say, "Well, I don't know why God's doing this to me," and you say, "That ain't God. God don't do that. You got an enemy, and he's just you know ransacking your life right now, you know." But God gets blamed for things if you spend time in the presence of God not only do you receive the fullness of joy not only do you tap eden amen but and tap times of restoration and times of, of rest you know of, of refreshing praise God but you also praise God amen get the at times of pleasure amen where you can literally amen sense and taste and see that God is Good. Praise God. That's what it's about. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, let's look at another reference. We'll go back to the book of Exodus, please. The book of Exodus, chapter 33, please. And this is uh, God talking to Moses. Now, if you remember, Moses on the side of the mount here. All right, I'm just kind of jumping into the story here. Okay, so verse uh, 14, this is what God said to Moses. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you, here we go, rest. Okay, that's a key word here when you start talking about presence. Nuwak is the Hebrew word, amen, which means uh, to settle down, speaks of quietness, to give comfort, or to cease. Here we go again, to cease from toil or stress, all right? Because here he is, Moses, you know, with everything going on, it could be pretty stressful, but in my presence is rest. So another thing, praise God. And it's not talking about, you know, go grab your pillow, okay? It's not what he's talking about, all right? Now, I'm, I'm not against you grabbing your pillow and, and you know, getting your, your, your whatever, how many hours you need to sleep. We're not taking away from that. But I'm talking about this is, this is something that happens that eliminates stress and toil in your life. Amen. Brings a sense of, of quietness, okay? Uh, you know, some, it just settles things down. You know, everything out there right now is screaming. Everything has a voice. Everything's trying to take your attention, all right? But when you spend time in the presence of God, what you got now is rest, all right? So what was that defined again? Quietness, comfort, the ce- ceasing from toil and stress, uh, settling down, amen? Everything see, wants to get you worked up. We're in a day and hour right now. I mean, if you don't watch it, you're going to be worked up every day of your life because of the nonsense that's going on around this world right now, amen? And there's a lot of it. All right. But if you get if you spend a little time in the presence of God every day, it settles all that down. It kind of puts everything in a right perspective where you're not caught up with everything. Amen. You've got more of an understanding, you know, like uh, like uh, Elihu said, you know, my understanding I different. You know, when you think about Elihu talking to Job and his friends there, they're all sitting there around talking stuff. And they all think they had an opinion that was right. They all thought they were right. And when it came right down to it, every one of them was wrong. And it's just a, you know, nutso. And that, and that's no different than today. You got these people sitting around a table and all of them spewing their, uh, uh you know, uh, um, their own, uh, uh, opinions. That's the word I was looking for. All spewing out their opinions. All right. And really, most of the time, if it isn't, if it isn't, uh, you know, uh, coming from God, it's just junk. All right? But it gets everybody worked up. It gets everybody all stressful. It gets everybody all, you know, caught up in it, you know what I mean? But nowadays, praise God, I mean, it's just everywhere. It doesn't matter where you look anymore. It's always out there. That's why you need presence. What's all this back in perspective? Amen. We're dumb. You can just say, "You know what? My God's bigger than that. You know what? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world." You know what? I ain't caught up in that. That stuff don't move me. Oh, hallelujah. But that comes from presence. Amen. Time spent with God. Amen. Let's look at another one here. We'll go to Psalms 89. Back to Psalms here. Hope you're getting something today. Praise the Lord. Psalms 89 and um, verse... 14 and 15. I believe I'll read them both here. It says, righteousness and justice are are the foundation of your throne. So we know who we talk to. Here we go. Mercy and truth go before your face, or countenance is what it means. Blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. They walk, O Lord, in the light, here we go, of your countenance. Praise God. Hallelujah. So one of the things you find is mercy and truth. Okay. Now we kind of touched on this in somewhat, but but mercy and truth. The word mercy here is the Hebrew word Hasid. All right. I love that word. But it speaks of covenant kindness, all right? Compassion, godly favor, or goodly deeds. All right. Anytime you get in the presence of God, guess what? Hasid. See, covenant kindness is there. Compassion. You might feel like your whole world is 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 blown apart everybody's against you, but you spend a little time in the presence, you realize not everybody's against you, all right? You realize you have a covenant friend, amen, you have a God that's with you that will never leave you nor forsake you, and the more time you spend in the presence of God, the more that comes alive, praise God. I hope you're hearing this, child of God, amen. This is good stuff, amen? Hallelujah. So mercy and truth, this word truth is emeth, okay, which means stability, okay? or sureness, or certainty. It means right, or rightness, trustworthiness, or faithfulness, Amen. or being faithful, but it speaks of stability. Amen. Sureness, certainty, and that's exactly what happens when you come out of the presence of God, you're pretty anchored. Amen. You know, I see a lot of times people might come out of the prayer room and they they prayed one thing, but then they start talking something else when they get out of the prayer room. Now, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but I'm telling you, when you tap presence, you are per- You get pretty anchored. You get pretty sure and stable about some things. You're not, you know, praying one thing and saying another thing. Amen. You come out, amen, a little more anchored in who you are, a little more anchored in who your God is, a little bit more anchored, amen, about understanding who your enemy really is. Are you hearing me today? but truth and mercy. See, these are things that are in presence, all right? That covenant kindness, amen, and that stability that only comes from above, praise God, are in the presence of God. Amen. I made mention earlier about grace, and I'm just real quickly maybe kind of move through some of this, but Hebrews 4 and 16 says, Come boldly, to the throne of grace, right? That you may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need. Amen. So grace is there. You spend time there, amen, in that secret place. Uh, grace is, a, is there. Now, the word grace, okay, uh, charis, all right, which means uh, divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. Now, think about that. This is grace, a divine influence, a God influence upon the heart, the core is what that means, and then its reflection in your life. When you spend time in the presence of God, that divine influence now is what begins to determine the reflection of the heart. Everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the Word says. Hallelujah. Solomon says, Jesus says, they all say it all comes from the heart of man. The good, the bad, and the ugly all comes out of the heart of man. So if God is influencing the core, the heart of man, that then determines what's reflected. So the more time spent with God determines what's reflected in your life. Praise God. All right, so praise God. In fact, I want to give a reference. John 5, verses 19 and 30, this was Jesus talking, and He said that what I see the Father do, amen, and what I hear the Father say, that's what I do, right? Whatever I see the Father do is what I do. What I hear Him say is what I say, amen. We got multiple references through the Gospel of John about that. So you start thinking about, you know, why was Jesus' ministry so successful? Because every day in the presence of God, he would get the instructions on what to do and what to say. You know, you think about his ministry and all the things that he did. You know, Jesus didn't get all stressed out about things. You know, he went in and took care of one thing and walked away, even though there might have been a hundred things to deal with. He went in and dealt with one thing. How did he know to do that? Because he knew exactly what he was supposed to do. He knew at times what to say and when not to say. Supernatural, and as a result of it, it would eliminate the chaos. Amen. Bring wholeness. And then you think about all that. Where did all that come? From presence. He would spend time. Amen. That's why a lot of times he would go off into a a deserted place. Why? To spend time in the presence of God. That's why his ministry was so successful. Now, let me give you some other references here. Amen. Psalms 27 says, uh, you said to seek my face. My heart then said, you know, yes, Lord, I'm going to, what? Seek your face. Amen. I'm going after it. And that's all about presence. Amen. So we seek presence. We go after presence. Psalms 46 and 10 says this, be still and know that I am God. When you study that out, it's all about, it's talking about presence. Being still means to cease, to stop, uh, to pause, to let go and to know, which means then to discover amen, or to discern things. So all of it's talking about presence, all right? Learning how to get still before God, amen. Let God breathe into you, praise God, amen. Psalm 62 and 5, amen, these are just verses you write down, you go back later. It just says, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Again, Psalm 62 and 5. Amen. Praise God. I mean, I, I I think about things when I talk about presence. I mean, I think about even uh, you know Psalms when it talks about you know in his uh, you know be, entering into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. These are all things. What what's he talking about, man? This is all man coming in before God, coming into his presence, coming into that secret place. Why? Because that's where the empowerment is. That's where the refreshment is. That's where the restoration is. Uh, That's where the uh, covenant compassion is. That's uh, our covenant kindness and compassion is. That's where, you know, this is where all of this that we talked about today. That's why uh, a believer who spends time in the presence of God can succeed in everyday life. Why? Mainly because you're hooking up Amen. To God in the place of Eden, and Eden gets on you, praise God. And everywhere you go, you're walking in the blessing. You're walking whole and restored. You're walking, praise God, with the breath of God. Amen. I'm hoping you're getting something. Praise the Lord. Father, we give praise and glory once again. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the believers that had an ear to hear and a heart to receive. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I call you blessed.